All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Ethos Celtics podcast. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury, today here with Lucas Gaynor, as always. How are you feeling, Lucas, after the Celtics just went on a West Coast trip and went 4-0? Um, I can't imagine that you're not feeling as high as I am right now. How are you doing? No, well, man, I... Uh... You know, I worked late tonight, so I'm a little tired, but I could not be more excited to talk about the Celtics. Because like you said, I am riding almost a very dangerous high right now with how the Celtics have played. They've just been unbelievable as of late. And like you said, 4-0 on the West Coast trip, which even as well as they were playing, I didn't see them winning all four. Yeah, I mean, you had two really, really tough matchups in here. You know, Golden State to start out the trip and then Denver in the middle of it. And then that little... Trap game, the end of four-game world trip is on a back-to-back night against OKC, who plays really hard and stuff like that. But the Celtics played solid, man. They they won a lot of these games pretty convincingly. They weren't really in danger to lose any of these games. Kind of controlled the pace. Jason Tatum's been kind of on a tear. This team has shown now that it's been consistently good for a very reasonable stretch, that it's not just by luck, it's – They've started to put things together, and the most important thing is I think they've started to put things together on the offensive side of things to go along with that number one defense in the league. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the defense is really, you know, just maintained at that elite level for a while now. Like you said, honestly, this four-game trip really was the offense was put together brilliantly, and that's been helped by, you know, one Peyton Pritchard, Patrick, who's shooting what? I think he's shooting something like 56% uh, from three over those last four or five games. Just ridiculous how spacing the floor. You know, Grant had a little bit of a, you know, down stretch, but he, of course, you know, his shot-making ability from the corner really helping our offense flow. Tatum has taken the playmaking leap. I mean, he it's there. He's an, uh, I'm, I'm going to say he's an elite playmaker. I mean, maybe he's not on the level of Luka, but. A guy like Luca, but uh, he's just making the right read every single time, uh, and the offense is really starting to take off. Al Horford also still hitting his threes. That's a really, really big thing for the Celtics. So you know, to get that offensive rating up to it. Yeah, I agree. I think that the, this team has really turned a new leaf and is headed in the right direction that they need to be headed in, as well as just. They're beating really high-level competition now. You know, they had a stretch where they beat a lot of bad teams and a couple of good teams, and people were like, "Well, they had a you know stretch of just bad teams that they're playing." But you know, you look at this Denver game, the Golden State game, and the way that they're beating these more prominent teams in the league, and and they're rolling, man. It is doesn't matter what opponent is in front of them right now. The Celtics are just devouring and just moving on from them uh, as far as like not really faced at all by who is in front of them. Yeah, and that road trip started with, uh, you know, probably the best of the four teams we played against. We started against the Golden State Warriors, uh, you know, who are the number, I believe they're the number two, the number two seed. They're either two or three. I know they're fighting with the Grizzlies there for the uh, second or third spot in the West. And, uh, you know, Patrick, we have to bring it up. It's kind of the elf in the room. So with like four minutes left in the second quarter, Marcus Smart dove for a loose ball in this game. And unfortunately, he landed on Steph Curry's ankle. And Steph could not continue the game. And uh, I know you saw Patrick. Steve Kerr had some really choice words for Marcus, which I was not fond of because as a basketball player and as somebody who's watched basketball for like 15 years, you know Marcus Smart, a guy like Marcus Smart, is just diving for a loose ball. He's not trying to hurt anybody. And that sentiment was echoed by guys like Juan Toscano-Anderson, Clay Thompson, Steph himself, and Draymond Green. So, uh, you know, it wasn't really a dirty play. I don't think there's anything more to say about that personally. But uh, it was just too bad Steph got injured in the game. I just wanted to get that out of the way before we really – yeah, and also Emei let Smart know that he had his back as well and didn't think it was a bad call. And it's funny, too, if you watch the, the Denver game, uh, going into that game, Marcus Smart had a similar dive at the ball, but it didn't take out anybody as well. It just shows that uh, some of these guys are just willing to really lay out their body. And, and Marcus Smart has been the guy where he could be down 30 points, he could be up 30 points. If there's a ball on the ground – that's a 50-50 opportunity. He's going to do whatever he can to get gain that possession, and I think that's all it was in that situation was him trying to gain the possession. So Yeah, precisely. Um, but on to the game. You know, they held the, they held the Warriors to 32 points in the first half, just absolutely suffocating defense. 
Um, honestly, the Celtics really didn't play great offense themselves in the first half. Kind of, you know, was the second half where they kind of took off offensively, but uh, just absolutely suffocating defense, especially with the removal of Steph from the lineup. Like the Warriors had absolutely nothing going. But to be fair, they did play the first 20 minutes of the game with Steph Curry, you know, available and ready to play, and the defense was just as good. So I don't want to make it like the defense was only good because Steph was out. The defense was phenomenal all game. And also just want to say prayers to Steph Curry. Hopefully that guy's back for the playoffs. Yeah, um, this team really locked in defensively and gave themselves to hang around because of their defense because their offense was not clicking in that first half of the Golden States game. Um, and then you had Tatum kind of go on his tear in the second half, really started to pull away. The defense continued to suffocate the Warriors. Uh, ultimately, this this team has been so great defensively and even got praise from a guy like Draymond Green after that game. He said, Ime is doing a great job with that team. They started off pretty shitty, and the way they've turned the season around, they're really putting it together. You've got to give those guys a lot of credit. So not only is it really noticeable now for us Celtics fans and, and people who watch Celtics a lot, but the rest of the league's noticing, right? They're like, dang, this, this team is not the same team we were used to. Like This team is really, really good, and their ability to attack people on the defensive side and bully their way into really getting whatever they want it has been so crucial for how this team has been able to put a get together such, so many good games and stretches like this. I mean, we went on like a nine-game winning streak, lost a game, went on a five-game winning streak, lost a game, went on a four-game winning streak now. So this team is 9-1 and one in the last 10 games, just, just really flowing. No, it's honestly just ridiculous, Patrick. I mean – This is beyond our wildest imagination looking back to November. You know, we never thought it would be like this. And I don't think – I think that's fair of us. You know, it's not like either uh, you or I kind of like, you know, was jumping off the ledge or anything with this team. You know, we just maybe had – you know, we wanted to temper our expectations. You know, our team did not look great. You know, but uh, they have really flipped that switch. And everybody, like you said, we are there putting the league on notice. Uh, But the crazy part about Tatum, you know, I'm not going to say he played poorly, but you know, statistically speaking, this is one of Tatum's worst games in the last, you know, certain amount of games here. He had 26-12-4, Patrick. And that was like a rather pedestrian-looking stat line for Jason as of late. So that just goes to show you this guy's on an absolute tear. But, uh, Patrick, this was kind of a smart game offensively. Smart shot very well from the field. He was phenomenal. Eight assists. Uh, smart deserves as much credit as pretty much anybody, you know, for why, you know, for his play and raising his play to, you know, Marcus Smart, man, what a what a great player he's been for the Celtics lately. Uh, a lot of people were doubting whether he could be the point guard for this team, not only as Celtics fans, but also like people around the league. I think they need to give Marcus Smart some of his flowers because the way he's been stepped into this playmaking role has really come to fruition as this team is rolling. He's he's the one of the head of the monsters on the offense. He is the one who keeps the the engine rolling, right? He's the oil that just keeps everything flowing smoothly. And without Marcus Smart, it's like the engine could still go, but it's a, it only goes so far without enough oil on it. So seeing Marcus Smart just really step into this playmaking role and, and exceed, I know you and I are, are very happy to see that because we were, as you mentioned before the show, we were the one, one of the few people that were on. Yeah, let Marcus Smart really get a feel for a point guard position and see if uh, – he has that ability. Yeah, that was absolute point of contention on Celtics Twitter was whether or not Smart could be the point guard. And like you said, you and I both wanted to give him that chance. And I went to bat, you know, multiple, multiple times for Smart over and over again. People wanting to trade him, saying we would never win a championship with him. That felt ludicrous to me the whole time. And Patrick, it got to the point where I was like having imposter syndrome or Stockholm syndrome. Like, I was like, am I. Do I know what I'm talking about? Because so many people swore that Smart was not the answer for this team. But you don't hear anybody criticizing him now. He's taking good shots. He's been an amazing playmaker, and I really like your analogy. He's kind of the oil that greased the wheel, you know. Keeps everything going smoothly, um, and I just think Smart definitely deserves some credit for that. Uh, Also, Jalen played well in this game, also had 26 points. Uh, Almost another 30-for-30 game by Jalen and Jason, which they've had a few of lately. Uh, you know, Patrick, I'm starting to think we're a little bit spoiled. with. Yeah, man, and the people who said that we need to split these guys up, man, I don't know what they were thinking because these guys are good. These guys are really, really good. So uh, 
their ability to just play at a high level. And when they're both getting going, we've seen a couple of them games like this already for both of the, the those Celtic stars. They just kind of are rolling now. And it's good to see Jalen Brown kind of get back into the flow of things after his ankle injury. He missed a couple games. And then he came back and he was a little sluggish. But we're starting to see him get back into a rhythm. And it's funny because, like, Jalen Brown, he just gets his scoring done in, like, the best way possible, right? Like, he literally is – he kind of just doesn't force anything anymore. He's really playing within the flow of the offense, and he gets his points that way. And he'll go on his little heaters of, like, a little 6-0 run himself or a little 8-0 run and get, like, himself an and one. But he's he's taken the initiative to really attack the paint at times and get going and get some easy baskets, and I think that's been a crucial turning point for him as he's really gotten back into the flow of things. Yeah, you know, I saw some people online were worried about how Jalen had been shooting and playing as of late. But once again, like we saw with Smart last year, people talked about his defense drop, this and that. You know, you got to give players some time, from, uh, you know, a little bit of time to come back from injury, you know, be successful, be the player they truly can be after those injuries. So, yeah, like you said, Jalen has been so under control as of late. You know, I know there's a couple moments at the end of games recently, like the Mavericks game where, you know, he would seem to put his head down and take the shot you know, no matter what um, at the end of the game. But that feels like a rarity now for Jalen. Like you said, he's getting it within the flow of the offense. He'll occasionally go on a heater, like you said. But, yeah, that's one thing that I think has been tremendous from Jalen as far as his growth as a player. Um, is just, you know, kind of being what Adam Taylor likes to call a play finisher. You know, he's not uh, the initiator. He's the finisher. So uh, I think that's the, the role that's best suited for Jalen. And I think Jalen probably realized that himself. You know, Jalen's a damn smart guy. So, you know, we – if we can kind of see what role is working for him, I promise you Jalen can. So shout out to Jalen, man. He's been absolutely killing lately. He had a he had a monstrous dunk, dude, against the Nuggets, man. I mean, this guy. Oh, yeah. This, this guy has been just ludicrous lately and, and really been at the top of his game. Uh, the Celtics went into that Kings game after a solid win against the Golden State Warriors, too. And once again, it was like – they didn't miss a beat, man. They just went into that Kings game and just couldn't miss. The Kings also were uh, really crazy from three in that first quarter. They they shot seven of nine from deep. And despite them shooting seven of nine from deep, the Celtics still took a six-point lead into the second quarter, which was absolutely absurd. Um, eight turnovers also didn't help Sacramento, but the Celtics' defense was just good at causing turnovers. So even when things are going right for offenses and they're hitting seven of nine from deep, the Celtics defense is doing enough to create opportunities by getting turnovers and, and remaining in the game. So it's just those are the type of moments where it's like, dang, man, this team, you know, they're shooting lights out on us, probably shooting about 78% right now from deep, but we're still able to stay in the game strictly because of our ability to play defense and cause extra possessions for ourselves. Yeah, the Celtics were so dominant in this game, Patrick. I had no idea DeMontis Simonis had 30 points and 20 rebounds in this game. I mean, that's a monster <laughs> stat line that usually does not go by the wayside when you're watching a game. But the Celtics were so dominant, I mean, I didn't even realize. So after the game, I'm looking at the box score. I'm like, oh, my God. Simonis had a 30-20 game. But, uh, no, it was just one of those games where everything was clicking. Great energy. Great moving without the ball on offense, you know, moving on a string on defense. And I, I mean, let's just not – I mean, it was impressive, of course, and you got to play against this like every team, you know, no matter who they are, no matter if they're the 12 seed, the 14 seed, or the 1 seed. But uh, playing the Kings without De'Aaron Fox, you know, the Celtics just took care of business like they should, man. And it was really good to see, but they did take care of business in an absolutely spectacular you know what's crazy, too, is um, my favorite Jason Tatum play came in this game during this four-game span. Do you know what play that was? Enlighten me. So at 841 mark in that second quarter, the Celtics were up 13 points, and Jason Tatum laid out on the ground while defending and literally caused a turnover. Like he made a Marcus Zeke type, you know, possession where, you know, Marcus just always dives for the loose ball. He was playing man to man. Uh, I believe it was Davion Mitchell that was trying to drive past him. He kind of lost a little bit of handle of the ball. Tatum legit drove, um, just dove out with his whole body, 
sacrificed his body to try and get the ball, ends up causing a turnover on the Kings. And that, to me, speaks volume. And I wanted to touch on Tatum here for a second because I want to shout out Ime for his development and pushing Tatum to be more vocal because we've talked about in the past that Tatum's just a, a cool collective guy. He's, he doesn't really show his emotions. But man, like with the celebration now, with his, you know, he has that the kiss of, with the three fingers when he hits a clutch shot. Now that's kind of become a thing during this process. Uh, how vocal he is! He's every time like he makes a big play, like he he's showing emotion. He's showing things that he actually cares. So um, I just think Jason Tatum being that leader, being the best player on your team, making those sacrifices, showing emotion, and and really just riding in the wave and just being a part of all the fun parts of this, this process as well is, is really crucial for the Celtics. Yeah. I agree with the Tatum showing emotion more. I love to see that in all the players on any of my teams and Tatum, you know, really kind of letting loose with that emotion. And listen, Tatum has been a winning player. I know people have this idea because he's a scorer that he's not a winning player, but that was never true. And, you know, Patrick, that play is a perfect example of why Tatum is a team winning player, no matter how many points he's scoring, no matter how much notoriety he's getting. Tatum is still going to do everything it takes to win a game. Like you said, making a play off. Yeah, and uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both finished with over 30 points. Uh, Tatum had 32 on 12 of 16 from the field, 7 to 10 from deep. He had some ridiculous. Ridiculous three pointers, man. Like, I don't know what's going on with him, but like later in games, Tatum just kind of has like this switch where he's like, "All right, we're up like twelve. We're, this game's too close. I'm. I just kind of want to get out of here. So let me just go back to back plays and just hit some really tough threes in their face and put nails in the coffin and call it a night." Uh, he's just kind of been in that type of zone. He shot seven to ten from three against the Kings. Uh, Jalen Brown, thirty uh, points as well, eleven of eighteen, and three of five from deep. Both of them. Hitting 30 points with less than 20 field goal attempts is, is absolutely absurd. So seeing that uh, both of uh, Jalen and Jason just kind of rolling, man, uh, after that specific win, they were 18-3 and three over their last 21 games as well. So, Yeah, that is just ridiculous. I mean, like I said earlier, we're a little bit spoiled with Jalen and Jason, aren't we? You know, the fact that these guys are scoring 30 points together each night not only proves that they can play together, you know, it also is just not normal. Like, people, teams do not have duos that can do this, you know, multiple times, let alone a couple times. Like, you know, they're doing this constantly. And uh, like I said, we're getting a little bit spoiled. And really, the Kings were just absolutely no match for those two guys in particular. And honestly, just the whole team. They played phenomenal. Peyton Pritchard was just glorious in this game. I don't think he, he was 5-5, five five, uh, eight assists, you know, maybe one turnover. I don't even know if he turned the ball over. He was just great. And uh, it's really good to see him, you know, coming full circle and being that player. We really, Yeah, and then Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum each had 30 points in the same game for the fifth straight time. Even though in the Denver game they end up extending that to the sixth time. But when they hit the fifth time this season, that is the most by a pair of teammates in a season in Celtics history. They were surpassing Larry Bird and Kevin McHale, who had four games where they each had 30 points in the same season in 1986 to 87 season. That's history, right? I mean, being in the same, being in the same conversation as Mikhail and Byrne when it comes to Celtic stats or records, you know, you're an elite company right there. So that's history right there. Like I said, you know, don't take, I've said this multiple times, you know, throughout the shows, throughout the years, don't take the stuff for granted, man, because uh, players like Jalen, Jason, Marcus, all being together, you know, that this stuff doesn't grow on trees. So definitely take like don't take this for granted and enjoy greatness while we're watching it. I feel like a lot of fans, you know, even if players are not their own team, you know, would rather clown somebody or hate on somebody than just appreciate greatness. So, you know, obviously if you're a Celtics fan, instead of worrying about how you could split them up, how you can trade smart, you know. Also I just wanted to point out the Celtics team is twenty two and fourteen against teams above five hundred this year. Um that is the East best, and that's actually better than every team in the league except for the Phoenix Suns. So when it comes to the Celtics playing against teams that are above 500 currently right now, this team is rolling, man. They're the second best at beating those types of teams. So just want to put some respect on on the type of opponents that the Celtics have to beat during this whole stretch they've been on. Yeah, we are no longer just beating up on bad teams, although we did with the Kings. 
that is not at all the case with who we're beating anymore. Like is followed in the next night, Patrick, uh, against the Denver Nuggets. Uh-huh. You know, this was the famous beginning of the Batman jokes. Uh, you know, Grant playing terrific defense on the Joker, Nikola Jokic. Uh, and Grant basically said, I want to be called Batman. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw You should go check it out, Patrick. Tatum's reaction to him being like Grant wanting to be called Batman has got to be the funniest thing I've ever heard. Because I already know what's running through Tatum's mind. Tatum's like, wait, shouldn't I be Batman? But I don't think, you know, it added up with the defense on Joker, you know, and such like that. Because it didn't add up for me at first. So I wonder if Jason went through the same thing. But his reaction was just hilarious. And uh, Jason is one of those guys who is hilarious without trying to be. So uh, that video, if you haven't seen it, you should go check that out. Tatum reacts to, uh, you know, Grant being called yeah, I have the quote actually here from Jason Tatum himself. It was a uh, Grant wants his nickname to be. He end up laughing. Can't understand why Grant wants to be called Batman. I'm gonna ask him when I get on the bus. Grant played great tonight, but I'm gonna call him Grant. I'm not calling him no damn Batman. <laughs> so uh, Tatum just <laughs> making it clear, like, nah, I'm not calling him no damn Batman, man. Like, I'm gonna call him Grant. So uh, Tatum playing around with his with his teammates, man. He's happy for Grant Williams. Appreciated uh, how well he played in that Denver game. Grant was huge in that Denver game. Really played good on the defensive side of the ball and also uh, was hitting some good shots. Ultimately, one of Grant Williams' best games he's probably played in his career to this point. And uh, Jada Brown also had this to say at the end of the game. He said, the sky is the limit beyond the sky, to be honest. So uh, I think this team understands that what they have going on right now is is very, very insane and that they possibly could be going on a very deep run. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, this is probably Grant's arguably the best game of his career. I mean, this was Nikola Jokic's most inefficient basketball game in three years, Patrick. I mean, Jokic is just a guy whose efficiency is never tainted, no matter how good the defense is. Well, it was tainted this time. And, uh, you know, Jokic is one of my favorite players. I know he's one of your favorite players. But to see him struggle like he did, you know, it's hilarious. He still puts up 23, 8, and 4 in his worst least efficient game in multiple years but uh but uh it was really good to see the defense were playing setting those late doubles you know making those other guys beat us because guess what a lot of those other guys can't beat us especially when we have the defender the level of defenders that we do like guys like aaron gordon you know monte morris will barton they're fine players but not necessarily people you're super worried about beating you like you are like you would be with like Jokic or something like that so phenomenal defense from the celtics and once again nothing nothing new here and also something that wasn't new was Tatum and Brown going off. Tatum and Brown shot 23 and 34 combined together from the field against Sacramento and 10 of 15 from three and accounted for 62 points against Sacramento. The next game against Denver, they shot 23 of 36 field from the field, nine of 16 from deep and 60 points against Denver. So back to back games, man, they're just wrong. It's just absurd. I just cannot emphasize how not normal that is. Like that is unbelievable. No, no, it's it's really not. And this this team um, is really feeding off their energy too. Like they're rolling, the team is rolling, the vibes are good. This whole team has a different aura around them, a different amount of energy. Also, shout out to Jason Tatum hitting uh, his 80th, uh, 800th career three pointer. He also moved past Ray Allen on the Celtics' all-time three-point made list. So uh, Jason Tatum making his way, striding through Celtics history. Uh, Like I said, uh, I haven't been bullish with this take. Uh, I've said it a few times already, but Jason Tatum, as long as he remains a Celtic, he has the opportunity to become the greatest Celtic of all time, uh, especially if all he needs to get is a ring. I think that, that would have to put him up in there. Um, even if it's only one, I think that's going to be solidified enough as long as he spends most of his career in Boston. Yeah, I mean, Bird and Russell, there's no small task to overcome. But I believe if there's anybody who can do it, you know, I would believe that it's Jason Tatum. The guy's unbelievable. Like you said, if he ends up winning championship or championships in Boston, you know, he, he could arguably go down as the greatest Celtic of all time. But we got a long way to go before that. You know, don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, as amazing as they've been. I mean, yeah, they just dominated this game, Patrick. I mean, I didn't I didn't see the first quarter, but I saw the rest of the game. You know, I was working, I got off work and uh saw the rest of the game and 
they just they just straight dominated once again. I mean, like I said, they sent the late doubles to Jokic, forced those other guys to beat us. I don't think there's many teams with the personnel or scheme to, you know, defend Jokic like they did that night. And I don't know how much more there is to say besides Jalen and Jason, special duo. You should never want to split them up. If you wanted to split them up, I'll say it. You deserve jail time. Yes, Perk, I'm talking to you. Okay, I know you like to tweet about them being a great duo now, but I remember you tweeting that they should trade Jalen Brown. I don't forget. And, uh, you know, just once again, the defense is unbelievable. And, you know, Patrick, you kind of mentioned before the show, I was waiting for him to lose a game on this road trip, kind of. It just never happened. I mean, listen, I don't know what else, if, how much more you want to add to the Nuggets game, but it felt like for me, OKC, you know, this felt like a classic trap game for the Celtics. Yeah, and, and right before we do jump into that, I had a couple more things here for uh, for that Nuggets game. want to go on more on the Grant Williams situation. He finished last night that game uh, against uh, as the leader in contested shots with 13. He held Jokic to 33% shooting when matched up with him, even though it was a limited sample size of only three minutes and 54 seconds. Um, also, Bones Highland on the Nuggets was asked about how – the crowd was reacting to Boston's success. It was very loud in Denver for Boston. A lot of Celtics fans, he said, that was unacceptable to me to hear Boston fans be louder than our fans. So uh, Celtics fans are traveling well on the road these days. Um, to no surprise, as that's kind of been the MO for for Celtics Nation, you know, just kind of going out there and really supporting the team even on the road games. So – Good thing to, to hear from, from them. But as far as that goes, uh, yeah, we, we kind of roll into that Thunder game uh, on a back-to-back. Yeah, and Patrick, I don't know if you want to do the uh, – you know, little we had a little segment planned about, you know, since Grant, you know, has crowned himself as Batman. You know, Patrick and I were basically debating on which DC characters would we assign for each player on the team. So, Patrick, why don't we do that before we jump into the OKC game? You down? Yeah, man, uh, we can definitely jump into that segment. Uh, we can go... Uh, Start with Grant. We'll just get it out of the way. We gave Grant Batman, okay? He wants it. He can have it, okay? Grant is Batman. All right, perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll give Grant Batman. Yeah, I had Grant game Batman as well. We both just gave it to him. And then we'll just kind of go uh, back and forth here. We'll, we'll pick a player, and then... Uh, you can go first. You can pick a player that you want to start with here, and then uh, I'll say what I had him as, and then uh, I'll pick a player, and we'll go like... All right, so I'm going to go for an easy one to start us off, Patrick. Um, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. And, you know, this might be – hopefully this is not too unpopular, but I feel like this is an easy one. I'm just going to make Jason Tatum Superman. You know, this guy can do it all. He's almost untouchable. And, uh, honestly, I don't even know if he has any kryptonite. Uh, So I just think he's, like, arguably the strongest man in the universe at the moment. So I got to give Superman to uh, Jason Tatum. I also have Jason Tatum as a uh, Superman. So uh, we're, we're a little boring to start off this a little bit, but maybe we can spice it up here. Um, I'm going with uh, Jalen Brown as the flash, you know, the way he is so good in transition. Ooh. And I know that the flash was originally D Wade's nickname, but this is just picking a DC character for some guys and having some fun with it. I think the Jalen Brown has a lot of flashes throughout a game. Uh, especially in transition. He also has some very flashy plays that we've seen of recently, very explosive plays. So uh, I think it was fitting to, to name him the Flash. So here's our first disagreement. While I do think that that is a, that is a more than, you know, uh, adamant or, you know, that's a more than, you know, good enough name for Jalen. I, I actually went with one of the more underrated superheroes in the DC universe uh, first appearing in 1977, an Olympic-level athlete with peak physical of human conditioning, superhuman durability, superhuman strength. I'm going with Black Lightning. Okay, you know, he's a little underrated. People don't know him as good as he should. Um, so that's where I think I kind of get Jalen. You know, he's a beast. He's kind of like lightning in a bottle when he goes on those little heaters we talked about earlier. He can explode to the rim like a like a crash of lightning and thunder. Um, and like I said, you know, he is a superhuman when it comes to his physical athletic abilities. So I went personally with the little underrated superhero, Black Lightning. I love the pick. Love the pick. All right, Lucas, who do you want to nominate next here? Okay, so next up, uh, this is pretty easy, actually. 
Uh, I think we'll have the same one for this. I'll be surprised if we don't. So Peyton Pritchard. Uh, I had uh, I had the uh, Green Arrow, okay, because he's a sniper. God damn it. God damn it. We both have the same one. We do that you had him as the Green Arrow as well. Yeah, yeah I did have him. That was a pretty arrow, so. easy one, honestly. So I I mean that makes a lot of sense. Honestly, I was also considering the Green Lantern for Jalen. So uh you know, I just will put that out there. But at the end of the day, I think that the Black Lightning, you know, that character kind of suits Jalen more given who he is as a person. Um but yes, the Green Arrow never misses a shot. Uh, you know, he is wearing green just like the Celtics, so that one felt like it was pretty easy. Oh, yeah, I agree. I have uh, Peyton Pritchard also down as the green arrow. Um, the next one that I am going to nominate is going to be Robert Williams, and he's Ooh. actually the person that I selected to be the Green Lantern was because the Green Lantern has the ability to shapeshift things and really be uh, Army Swiss knife per se. And Robert Williams really is the Army Swiss knife for this uh, Celtics team. He plays defense. He keeps the defense in control, but on the back end, great rim protection, lob threat, great passing. Like he really is a do it all type player. I uh, only think he's really missing is that shot. But uh, man, I, I think that uh, Robert Williams is definitely the Green Lantern for me. Yeah, so I love that actually. And I do think he is deserving. Of the Green Lantern, because I'm with you, everything you just said. However, I went with a little a uh, little bit of a funnier one, an older one. I went with Elongated Man, because, you know, it feels like the way Rob protects the paint, he's stretching to be 15 feet tall inside the paint when you know, players are <laughs> able to crack the defense and get inside the paint. I, I picked Rob Will's Elongated Man, but also I'm going to concede that he probably should be Green Lantern, much cooler, much more powerful. So, uh... So I like both of our picks, but I would say the Green Ledger's probably doing Rob a little uh a little better. <laughs> You're like I switch, I switch. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I think Elongated Man is funny though, you know. I love that one too, yeah, man. Uh let's see, who else we got? Okay, I, we got I, Smart, I got next Horford, one. White, and Tice. So yes. go ahead and nominate one. So I am gonna go with my guy, Marcus Smart. Now I wonder who you have. This guy has superhuman strength, enhanced durability, uh, you know, genius level <laughs> intellect. And uh, regenerative systems, you know, this guy gets hurt all the time, um, but he doesn't seem to keep him out of games. Marcus Smart is the cyborg for me. Ooh, interesting, interesting choice. I, I like the pick. I'm not, I'm not mad at that pick at all. However, I do have Marcus Smart as Shazam. Ooh. Just because I, I feel like Shazam is a... Uh, he has that bolt of lightning. I don't know where it's like a switch, right? So Shazam has to say his name and he kind of gets into his form. So right. Marcus Smart turns a switch in the games. Sometimes it's like, you're like, oh, sh- oh shit. You know, Marcus Smart's doing Marcus Smart things. Those moments happen in games where it's like, oh, he just got a crucial block or a crucial steal and just dove for a ball in a certain area. And you're like, oh no, it's Marcus Smart doing the Marcus Smart things, the winning plays. And that's just how I see Marcus Smart as Shazam. Absolutely, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. You know, personally, this one, I'm going to have to side with my pick of Cyborg, personally. You may have swayed me with the Green Lantern, but I think the Cyborg fits smart perfectly. But Patrick, you're on the clock. Who's up next? Oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nominate Derek White. Ooh, and, this was uh, hard for me. I don't know who to do here. Yeah, so I, I kind of went back and forth a little bit with Derek White, but ultimately I came down to Deathstroke. Uh, Deathstroke is uh, kind of like a, a very underrated DC character. Comes in, he's very silent in what he does. A little bit underappreciated as a superhero as well, but very precise and has a very sp- specific skill set. And I think Derek White has a very specific skill set. He's very good on things that kind of go unnoticed, under the radar. He does all the little things correctly, and he's just a very precise type of player. So I, I went with Deathstroke with uh, Derek White. You know, I like that one a lot. I think that one fits. See, this one was very hard for me. You know, I went per I went with Robin here. You know, it might not seem like it makes a ton of sense at first, but to me, Robin is a guy who maybe is in the shadow of the bigger superheroes, but nonetheless is always there when he's needed, making you know the right decisions to save people. And in and Derek White's case, this would be diving for loose balls, blocking players bigger than him, getting steals, making the hockey assist. So I had a, uh, I had Derek White as Robin here, but I like I like yours also. 
<laughs> no, I, I like Robin. I like Robin for white. I almost went with Robin with him. So we were right there. We almost had another one right. All right. We got Daniel Tice and we got Al Horford. Who do you want out of these two? Um, I will go with uh, Horford here. So I actually had Horford as Aquaman, Patrick. I don't know if you did as well, but that's who I had. You know, the guy was kind of, you know, he's a bigger dude. Um, you know, he's more a steadying force, you know, maybe a tad older, you know, he's not one of the, uh, he's not a spring chicken or nothing like that. So that's why I went with Aquaman. As you can see, my knowledge of superheroes is quickly dwindling in front of your ears, right? <laughs> no, uh, I, I like it. I like it there. Um, however, I, I'm definitely going to like mine a little bit more. Uh, Al Horford, I went with Cyborg. I know you took it for Marcus Smart. But I think Cyborg is a not known as a very high agility type character, very low agility type character. And when I watch out Horford, I look at a guy who doesn't have very much agility, but I do see a guy who is very strong on his feet, can hold his position very well, defend each position at a, at a pretty high level, really concentrated. And he's kind of older, you know, Cyborg's got some robotic pieces. So it's like, Al Horford's breaking down, so he's getting some robotic pieces. Uh, kind of just thought it was almost like a perfect match for Al Horford and Cyborg. I like that one for sure. You know, I, I see where you're coming from. I like Cyborg with Smart, but I also think that uh, it definitely fits. Um, it definitely could fit uh, Al Horford as well. But uh, I'll, I'll let you do the last one here. So, Tice, what do you think? Daniel Tice, man. So, uh, I threw uh, Aquaman on Daniel Tice. Ooh. I just think uh, Daniel Tice is, is the guy who stays kind of hidden on the end of the bench and we kind of utilize him when we need him, right? So, like, not all fights are in water. So Aquaman's not always at the fight. He's not always ready available. So when the when the fight is kind of near the water, that's when we need Aquaman. That's, you know, when things are kind of getting a little rough and uh, some guys are a little bit more in some foul trouble. You know, the water's rising a bit, so we need some Aquaman to come up in there and save the day uh, and assist us. I like that one. You know, Patrick, I was fighting between two. You know, our boy Ben, uh, you know, a frequent listener, suggested maybe that Mr. Free would be a good one, you know, given that he is Vanilla Tice, uh, Tice Tice baby. But I actually went with somebody from the country of Germany, just like Daniel Tice. I went with Nightcrawler. Well, he's Marvel, okay? I just realized that. So that kind of goes <laughs> against – but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with the Nightcrawler, okay? He's German like Tice. He can camouflage. Tice, you know, kind of has that sneaky athleticism when it comes to blocking shots at the rim. He is an acrobat. You know, t- uh, you know Tice can go up and finish over people. So I'm going to say, even though he is from the Marvel Universe and I'm eating, I'm going to say he's the Nightcrawler. Love that little, little segment there we did with uh, DC characters uh, inspired by Grant Williams himself. You know, so shout out Grant Williams for helping us get inspired for for a nice solid little segment for us. And now also to go into this uh, last game against OKC, no Marcus Smart and no Robert Williams. Uh, some interesting start to this first quarter. The Celtics had nine total assists. And they only came from two players without Marcus Smart and Robert Williams in this lineup. Can you name the two players that had assists in the first quarter? Al Horford is one of them. Correct. And, uh, ooh, this is hard, so no smart. You know, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I mean, I'm just going to uh, – I mean, it's okay. It's it's obviously either Tatum or White, in my opinion. I'm just going to go with our superstar, Jason Tatum. I'm going to go Horford and Tatum. It was White. Oh, man. He gets 50%. Uh, it was Derek White and Al Horford who, compl- who combined for 09 as the Celtics assist in that first quarter. Um, White's shot remained off. He's been a little shaky with it still. But he's been making an impact in a lot of other ways, as we, we talked about, man. He's – been great at, at moving the ball, keeping pace. He doesn't always take the shot when he's wide open. Sometimes he he drives and kicks and creates for somebody else. He's really precise on when he takes shots. So when he is missing shots, they're within the flow of the offense, and it's not really you know slowing down the the Celtics from from runs or anything like that. He's still a part of some big runs, not not hurting them in that aspect. 
Right, exactly. Like, I think that's one big thing with uh, Derek White that I love is the fact that even, you know, and he has shot very poorly. And, you know, Jay Rich has continued to shoot really well over in San Antonio. So I'll take that L. I, you know, kind of assumed that Jay Rich would level off in a negative regression and uh, Derek White would level off in a positive regression. Maybe that was a little too hopeful. But one thing I do love about Derek White that you mentioned briefly is that he's not just going to chuck if you're not guarding him. He's going to still attack downhill. He's going to make a play. He's going to make the help defender react. And I think that is so, so, so important. Um, you know, when it comes to a player whose jump shot is struggling, you cannot just get into that pitfall of, you know, launching those threes if your shot's not going down. However, if he makes some threes in the playoffs, I think that's a huge X factor for the Celtics. If he can end up making his open jumpers, his open catch and shoots, I think that's going to even make the Celtics offense, you know, run even a little better than it has been. And it has been dang good lately. Yeah, and then Tatum, uh, again, with another 30-point game. That's three straight games for Tatum with 30 points or more on fewer than 20 shots. He ends up joining 43 other players to do that in NBA history in the regular season or playoffs. And there are only five players to have a streak of four or more, so he's looking to make history uh, tomorrow against Utah. And can you name what the longest streak is and who it's by? Um. The longest streak of 30-point games with under 20 shots? And Correct. that's on the Celtics or in general? Just in general. Who do you think has the longest streak? How long is that streak and who is it? Okay, I'm just going to ask for one hint. Is he today's day and age or is he older? He's Kevin today's Durant. day and age. That is that's your guess? guess? What do you think uh, the streak was? Of games in a row, I will say 11. That seems aggressive, but I'll say it 11. So the streak is six. I was going to say 11 seems very high. but uh. And the person who did it was actually LeBron James. Oh, that's not shocking. Yeah, I probably could have got that <laughs> I, one, honestly. I thought you were going to go that way, but uh, it, Kevin Durant was not a bad choice. Uh, definitely, though, I see Durant taking a little bit more than 20 shots most of the time when he gets 30. Uh, however, man, just, just impressive uh, of what Jason Tatum has been able to do. Uh, he's also scored at least 30 points on 55% shooting in those three games. Um, the only other player to do that in Celtics history are Larry Bird and Kevin McHale. Larry Bird did it five times, just to put that into perspective. That's unbelievable. Yeah, once again, just echoing that sentiment of do not take Jason Tatum for granted. If he's, if you're, I mean, listen, I know a lot of young people don't understand how good Larry Bird was, but like, do yourself a favor and go watch a full, on a night the Celtics don't play, go watch an old, Larry Bird masterclass, a full game. I mean, this guy was unbelievable. And the fact that Tatum is putting himself in the conversation with a legend like Larry Bird and Kevin McHale, who was damn good. I mean, that guy had like seven post moves and, you know, he would counter each one. And the fact that he's even in the same stratosphere when it comes to scoring and statistics uh, as those two guys, specifically Larry Bird, uh, just goes to show, like you said earlier, Tatum could arguably go down as the greatest Celtic in, uh, in Celtic history. Yeah, the Celtics also offensive rating on this four-game West Coast trip. Just put in perspective how good Jason Tatum's been. Their rating rating with Jason Tatum off the court on the offense is 89 even. Their rating with him on the court during the four-game streak, 138.5. That's a 39.5 difference. This team has been substantially better with Jason Tatum on the floor. To no surprise, but the amount of gap that there really is, this team is really riding the back of their best player. They're allowing their defense to make things easier. And with Jason Tatum kind of rolling the way he is, and if he can continue this streak and really play at this level in the playoffs, they're going to be a hard team to beat. And you can see why a lot of people are, are seeing them as a dark horse and some even a favorite to come out the East. Yeah, I mean, and we can honestly look forward, Patrick, if you don't mind, to the uh, to the playoff picture. You know, the Celtics have just been steadily climbing the standings. You know, I believe one time I mentioned that maybe the fifth seed was the uh, absolute best case scenario. Well, right now the best case scenario is literally the one seed. I mean, or as far as highest you know rank we could climb. So, Patrick, who would you like to play in the playoffs? And would you rather, you know, try and lose for seeding purposes or would you rather, you know, carry this momentum and just win as many games as we possibly can? 
Yeah, and I know we talked about this a little bit before the show, but I, th- I think I've, I've also said this on a show previous to tonight, but um, I'm aggressive, right? And I believe that the Celtics, what they're doing, they're playing their best basketball. You want to take out guys that are juggernauts now. Like, build your momentum. You're going to have to go through them eventually, so why not go through them when you're playing at your best? Maybe they're not playing at their best. Maybe they don't have their players that they need at the, at the time. I want Brooklyn. I want Brooklyn in the first round. And I know that's not a popular opinion and that could bite us in the, in the ass at the end of the day. But I think with the way the Celtics are playing with Kyrie Irving, not being able to play home games currently and Ben Simmons possibly missing the playoffs. Now uh, the, the nets are kind of out, up in the air. They don't have a lot of bigs with rim protection. This team is the Celtics are a very good team in attacking the rim, not the greatest perimeter team and their defense is really good. I want revenge. We we went out in five games last year to the Nets. We weren't fully healthy. We didn't have Jalen Brown. Um, I'm one. Of, I want revenge against the Nets first round. See, I love that, Patrick. You know, like you said, that could come to bite us in the behind. But you know, I kind of said this to you before the show. We're gonna have to go through the best teams. You know, no matter what, whether we play them in the first round whether we play them in the conference finals or the second round. So bring on the Nets. I mean, that's not necessarily the team I want to play in the first round, but if that's who we draw, that's who we draw. And I think the Celtics should, in fact, not lose for seeding, not start resting players unless, you know, they feel like they need that rest, you know, to be them full selves in the playoffs. I think they should just play, you know, win as many games as you can and ride this hot streak, you know, all the way to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that this team has no fear of who's in front of them, and I believe they should really ride that. They they should ride how they're playing. If we get to the first seed, so what? We get to the second seed, cool. Like I'm not don't want to play down to our competition. I don't want to create bad habits going into the playoffs all for a seeding spot. Let's just play whoever's exactly. in front of us at the end of the day. Let's finish out the season strong. Uh, and also, you know, shout out to Ime because if this Celtics team – gets to that number one seed, I think it's going to be a very hard case to say, try to go against him for why he shouldn't be coached here. I know Monty Williams got robbed last year, but ultimately a first-year coach doing some really remarkable things this year and uh, turning you know a team around halfway through a season where it could have just fell apart as a first-year coach, that's hard to do, man. It really, really is. Awesome. And he had a very limited roster. Ime has now created the number one defense. The Celtics have had a top five offensive rating since the all-star break, since actually since the calendar year. This team has absolutely flowed and found its new ring of, of power, and I think Ime's at the head of that. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, he should very, very, uh, at the very least be considered for coach of the year. Like, I know you mentioned Monty, and I am a believer that Monty will probably win the award, and deservedly so, but – as a first-year head coach to do what Ime is doing is also not normal, like a lot of other things that are going on. This is not regular. So once again, shout-out Ime. Patrick, we were very uh, optimistic about him, what he could do for this team, and it feels like all of it's pretty much bearing out to be true. And uh, I could not be happier, basically, with where the Celtics are right now. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for the direction that this team is going in. We got Utah tomorrow. Yes, sir. A huge opportunity for the Celtics again to knock out uh, a team that's that's really on top of their game, a really solid team. I think that the Celtics have the ability to to put the Western on notice, man. They knocking out the the Utah Jazz would be a big win for them. We go back home for this game. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with Jason Tatum. See if he can get to 30 points with less than 20 shots again. Can he keep that streak going? That would be pretty impressive as well. Just a lot of things to watch for. I think Robert Williams and Marcus Smart should be back. It was a non-COVID illness for Marcus Smart. Uh, Robert Williams was more of just like a knee tendonitis type thing where he's just monitoring it. They're just kind of playing a little safer. Um, they're on a four-game road trip on a, a back-to-back night, kind of was like against OK, OKC. You didn't want to kind of risk any things. So uh, ultimately, I think the Celtics are going to be fine moving uh, forward as, as far as health-wise yeah, agreed. And uh, I think that game against the Jazz, I know the Jazz have not been winning as of late, but I do think that's still a test. We should not overlook the Jazz game, you know, given the rim protection they have in Gobert and, you know, the superstar they have in Donovan Mitchell. So definitely looking forward to that one, Patrick. And like you said, we've already put the West on notice a little bit, and let's continue this winning streak on, you know, go 10-1 and one of them. 
Yes, sir. And uh, make sure you guys also head over to uh, Manscape as well to get the 20% off. You're going to use promo code HOOPBALL20 to get 20% off of any type of uh, items when, when you get to that cart. Make sure you guys get the nice setup for the summertime. You don't want to be looking all out of control with your facial hair or any, or any body hair. You want to make sure you guys all have a nice and trimmed, looking clean for the summertime. It's going to be bright outside. You want to get some sun, be in the public, you know, enjoy your summer, but also make sure you guys head over to manscaped.com and get use promo code. Exactly, bro. It is going to be wedding season and beach season before you know it. So like Patrick said, make sure you're cleaned up. You don't want to be looking like a scrub. You want to be looking as fly as possible for all these summertime events, for the weddings, for the beach and all that. So make sure you go to manscaped.com, use the code hoopall20. But Patrick, I think that does it for us. Yes, sir. Make sure everybody goes to follows the show on Twitter at Ethos Celtics. You can also follow Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer, and you can follow me at Ball and Opinions. We are on Twitter pretty often. You can tweet at us. You can DM us if you'd like just to see if you want to have any questions or anything like that, anything you want to suggest us, bring up on the show and stuff like that. We are always open to any questions kind of conversations as far as that goes as well as making sure that you guys head over to spotify and leave that five-star rating and also head over to apple podcast man it takes only a few seconds take your parents phone take your phone take your brother's phone take the cat's phone no i'm kidding just make sure you head over there and get that five-star rating leave the review review something nice man you know give us some critiques or something whatever you want to leave in there just leave that five-star rating tell your friends let's spread the Yep, shout out to every single person who downloads and listens to the show. We appreciate you more than you even could possibly realize. It means a lot to our CR downloads go up. And Patrick, you know, I know you're approaching your 100th episode, so maybe I'll have a little surprise in store for that. So, uh, and I think that does it from us. Uh, all right. All right, everybody. Have a good night.